HeyYA is sponsored by the Read Harder Journal. Created by Book Riot, the smartly designed reading log consists of entry pages to record stats, impressions, and reviews of every book you read. Evenly interspersed among these entry pages are 12 challenges inspired by Book Riot's annual Read Harder initiative, which began in 2015 to encourage readers to pick up passed over books, to try out new genres, and to choose titles from a wider range of voices and perspectives. Indulge your inner book nerd and read a book about books. Get a new perspective on current events by reading a book written by an immigrant. Find a hidden gem by reading a book published by an independent press and so much more. Each challenge includes an inspiring quotation an explanation of why the challenge will prove to be rewarding, and five book recommendations that fulfill the challenge. And that's the Read Harder Journal. You can pick it up online. You can also probably pick it up at your local independent bookstore. Mine in town has one, um, which when I walked in and saw was the coolest thing ever. Welcome to Hey YA, from great new books to favorite classic reads, from news stories to the latest in on-screen adaptations, Hey YA is here to elevate the exciting world of young adult lit. Hey YA is a book riot podcast hosted by me, Kelly Jensen, alongside Eric Smith. We are recording on Friday, December 7th, 2018. How's it going? Hello. I... Listened to that ad about the Book Riot Journal and felt like the biggest slacker ever because I didn't know that was a thing. And I am on Book Riot. I am on a <laughs> podcast for Book Riot. And clearly I need to stay up to date with our Slack channel and emails. Just head to your local India. I bet they probably have it. You should yeah. check it out. Like flip through it. It's really cool. Um when I did, I did a book event at my local indie, and when I walked in and saw that sitting on the shelf, I was like, "Oh my goodness, they have my work here!" You know, like obviously they have my work there. I was going for an event, but I was really excited about the journal being there too. Oh man, I need to stop like scheduling tweets and start reading them and see see <laughs> things that are happening on the internet. Um, but yeah, hello. Hello. It is, it is podcast time. How's it going? What are you reading? Uh, it's it's going. Um, I don't know. I feel like this time of year like is both 500 days long each day and also like two seconds long each mm. day. So mm-hmm. it's like you have so much to do and it feels like you're never going to finish it. But at the same time, you're like, wow, what happened to that day? I got so much done. Yeah, um, I agree. I've had but- like a long December by the Counting Crows in my head, but it's only mm-hmm. December 7th. It is, but also it's almost halfway through December. Like, how did that happen? You know, Um, I've been I've been reading a lot. And I think part of it is I've gotten into this new routine where I get up a little bit earlier every morning and um, just use that time to like I'm a big journaler. And so I wanted to get back in that practice. And I started doing that again. And then I found like as soon as I'm done with that, I'm super motivated to like just have me time and that has turned into doing a lot of reading which has been really great um i blew through pulp by robin talley yes and the whole time i was reading it all i can think about was how i wanted a non-fiction title about queer pulp books of the 50s and also about the lavender scare which i knew nothing about um and that's those are topics that are covered in the book um, in a fictional way but the whole time i was like i want her to write a companion book to this that is the nonfiction take on it. Um, so, you know, there's like a, a big hole, I guess, is the way to put it, um, in social history for young readers. And this book was very much like, oh, I want that. And Robin, can you please write that for, for me and for like every other reader out there? Yes, I loved, loved, loved that book. I think it's, I think it's probably my favorite Robin Talley book. Um, yeah, no, it was great. The uh, other book I read that really, like, stood out to me that I know a lot of listeners are going to be like, how dare. Um, I got my hands on a copy of On the Come Up by Angie Thomas. And by I got my hands on a copy, I mean it showed up in the mail and I was like, goodbye to be read list. I'm going right here. Um, And uh, it's as good, if not better, than you think it's going to be. it's amazing to me to think about how, and I think about this both as a as an author myself and as a, a reader, um, 
to think about how somebody who has had the two years that she has had with The Hate You Give, being able to then produce a book like this with such, what's the word I want? I don't want to say quality, but um, there's not a sophomore slump here at all. Mm-hmm. Like, this is this is the high level, beautiful writing, like, great characters, great story that you expect um, out of Angie Thomas, and it doesn't show that she has been, like, working nonstop for two years on this other book um, in the meantime. So it was very cool. Um, It explores some of the same themes that are in The Hate You Give, but maybe, I guess, on a more micro level. Mm -hmm. And um, also Brie, the main character, is really funny and has these, like, passions in her that are so teenage. You know, she is super, super into Tweety Bird, but hates Big Bird, and this is like a thing throughout, and it's so funny, and it's such a reminder of how Thomas has this capacity to write really serious issues and still intersperse such humor and heart into them. Um, I think readers who are like, oh, how is it going to you know, match up, I think are going to be really, really happy. Um, I may have even liked this book a little bit better than The Hate You Give. Oh, wow. Yeah. So what what about you? What have you been reading? Yeah, well, it's so funny. Uh, we just got sent a copy of On the Come Up as well. Uh, and when it arrived, my wife was sleeping. And I knocked on the door <laughs> and I was like, hey, you know, this book got here. Uh, and she, like, jumped out of bed, took a picture of it and tweeted. And then she went back to sleep. So this is... This is an Angie Thomas house. Uh, we are all fans. And uh, I think I'll get to read it when she's done. Um I like barely wrestled it away for my my Instagram photo of it for our podcast <laughs> episode. Um, and then yeah, right now I'm almost done with Jeff Zentner's uh, Rain Delilah's Midnight Matinee, and like oh my god, and it's so funny because I totally talked about this book like well, I don't know what like two months ago that I was still reading it, um, and like you know I loved all his other books like Goodbye Days and Serpent King, like they're po- packed full of all that uh, devastation and heart, but this book is just. It's just super funny. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I spent, like, the first half of the book just, like, laughing out loud, especially at that that poor Basset Hound that is on the cover of the book. Um, <laughs> they're always making... I did not think you were going to say Basset Hound. Oh, yeah. That poor Basset Hound, yes. Who's <laughs> 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 on the cover of the book. Um, and how, like, the teenagers uh, talk about him. And, like, there are, like, these, like, supporting characters in the book who like dance around on their uh midnight matinee local access show who are like just like delightfully i guess dumb like they think that (laughs) there's these two boys who think that beagles grow up and turn into basset hounds and there's like a legit (laughs) conversation about it in the book and it's just oh my god it's so funny and um you know like reading you know like goodbye days um like there's that whole thing. There's a whole thing in Goodbye Days where like the, you know, the teenagers are they're all really good friends. Um, the ones who who unfortunately uh, get killed in the car accident. But as we're getting these like flashback moments in that book, you learn about their um, their McDonald's tradition where they uh, they go to McDonald's and they get all the different sauces and they call each other the Sauce Crew. And it's all really <laughs> cute and quirky and funny. Uh, and I feel like Jeff like took all the humor that he's like played with in his other books and just like cranked it all the way up. And, uh, oh, my God, I love it. It's so, so good. Um, yeah, I'll probably finish it uh, in the next week or two. And then, uh, oh, and I got sent a copy of Hot Dog Girl. I don't know. I, I feel like I've been talking <laughs> about it a lot. Um, I was, you know, rambling about it in hopes that someone would hear me and send one over, and it worked. Um, I'm just going to wait and savor it over the holiday break. Uh, it's, like, top of my most anticipated books list, and I just want, like, no distractions, no work, no anything. And then I also got sent Ruse by Cindy Pond, and I know I, like, <laughs> screamed about the book Want, like, all of last year. Uh, and then The Gilded Wolves by Roshni Chosky. So, like, I'm... I'm reading that right now. Oh, my God. Like, I'm just... I'm done. Like, what... Yeah. What do I do? Um, so, yeah, there's a big I old pile. The, <laughs> I, you had posted about um, getting the new Cindy Pond book on Facebook, and my first... First thought was, well, we're not actually recording a podcast this week because you're going to be busy with that book. <laughs> oh, my God. I cannot wait. Oh, so much to read. But the, exactly. holiday, the holiday break is coming up, you know? My, my agency is uh, shutting up shop uh, next week. And, you know, I, what, do we have one more podcast to record? So I am, that's it. I'm just going to sit down, read a bunch. It's going to be great. 
I yeah we we um, shut down for the last week of the year, so I'm like I'm piling up my books too. I'm like, all right, gonna get through the things this year that I didn't get to, and then also like treat myself to all those books that are coming out next year that I've been like dying to read. Um, but yeah, I I just started the Gilded Wolves and had to scream about that too. Um, it's so much fun so far. Awesome. I didn't really know what to expect, but. Um, the blurb says something like Dan Brown meets Lee Bardugo, and uh, I think that that's pretty accurate. Mm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. I think I'm also going to read a bunch of adult books over the winter break. I got uh, I picked up a copy of that book, Less, that won like the Pulitzer Prize, and mm-hmm. it's pretty funny so far. So, yeah. Eric, do you know what today is? What is today? Dumplin' Day! Dumplin'! Oh my god, that's right! It's on Netflix like right now! And we're not watching it. Oh, my goodness. We should, like, turn it on and just commentate throughout. We should, like, throw away our agenda and just do that. Yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I cannot wait. That's uh, That might be my plan after this podcast episode. Oh, man. It's it's my plan this weekend for sure. I was looking at pictures of some of the, like, YA people who got to go see the premiere, and I was like, oh, I'm so jealous. Like, I never <laughs> thought I'd be jealous of a movie premiere. Like, that's totally not a thing I care about. But mm-hmm. uh, also, I want to see that movie really bad, like, yes. right now. <laughs> well, as soon as I get off this, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you want to hit our first sponsor up? Yes. So uh, our first sponsor... Uh, of the show today is Once a King, uh, out with HMH Teen. Uh, Adron, a long, a lonely young king searching for a way to dismantle his father's dark legacy. Lyra, a girl with the power to control the wind, torn between duty and following her dreams. For 20 years, channelers, women with a magical ability, have been persecuted in Malam by those without magic. Now the king wants to end the bloody divide and unite his kingdom, but decades of hatred can't be overcome by issuing decrees, and rumors of a deadly channeler-made substance are only fueling people's fears. Lyra has every reason to distrust distrust Arodin, uh, yet when he asks for help to discover the truth behind the rumors, she can't say no. With Lyra by his side, Arodin sees a way forward for his people, but can he rewrite the mistakes of his past before his enemies destroy the world he's trying so hard to rebuild? Uh, standalone fantasy, loosely connected to the world of Ever the Hunted, but can be read 100% independently, not a sequel. Uh, Enemy kingdoms finding unity and common goals, uh, proving yourself versus defending a family legacy, light and emotional romance. There is a lot packed into this. Oh my goodness. I did not know this was like a companion novel to that series. Yeah, I I really like that idea of it being a standalone but still connected to the series. Like, I think that that's a really smart way to draw people in who might otherwise feel intimidated uh, by a series, which I know I get that way. I think there's going to be an episode about this soon, because now I'm thinking about how Six of Crows stands alone. We have this book that stands alone from the Everett Hunted books. We have Roshni's um, uh, Crown of Wishes books. Like, the, they can both be read by themselves, I think. Uh, yeah, this is a thing. Thank, I just thank wrote down you, a note. To, HMH teen. <laughs> yeah, I just wrote down a note that we could explore that in a future episode. As we are like, yeah. Um, so our first topic today is since it's almost the end of the year and everybody's putting together their like best of lists, and mm-hmm. Eric and I have been very clear how we feel about best of lists. Um, <laughs> um, instead of doing that, I thought we could talk about some of the big stories from this year in YA, since there's been quite a few. Um, both really good ones and some that are less good. Um, but I feel like it gives a good temperature of what the Y landscape was like this year. Yeah, lots of exciting stuff going on. Movies, movements, bookstores, uh, mm-hmm. a lot to talk about. So uh, how about the first one? And probably I, I think of it first because it happened so early in the year. Um YA had its reckoning with the Me Too movement, um, and Urso wrote that piece about experiences people had with various authors within the publishing industry and within um, people within the publishing industry as well, and it really caused a lot of discussion. Um, it didn't happen in Anne's piece, but instead on School Library Journal, which was reporting on the piece, and in the comments was... Uh, it turned into a space that people who 
needed to say something or talk about their experiences could and did. And it was done. It was over a weekend, wasn't it? I think it was like a Thursday to a Monday. And it was like comment upon comment. And School Library Journal let people just have their voices out. Um, And we came to sort of, I, I don't know that people felt good about any of it, but I think it felt good overall as a community to sort of have the space people could share their experiences and have some of the things that they've been holding on to um, be kind of relieved, if that makes sense. Um, You know, and we, we heard about some big name authors who had behaved in ways that needed to be addressed. And I think we saw that. I think we saw that happen swift and fast in many cases. And, um, Overall, it was it was sad and and frustrating, but also not entirely surprising because no matter what industry you're in, there are people who take advantage of other people. And mm-hmm. um, you know, now that this movement has really inspired more people to talk, this was an opportunity for people within the the children's book community to to have their voices heard too. Yeah, it was really interesting. Uh, you know, we saw those we saw books get dropped. We saw statements made by authors and agents and and, and people in the in the industry. Uh, but then it was like heartbreaking seeing the uh, statistics coming out with like the books and their their sales because uh, mm. nothing changed with those book yeah. sales. And it makes me wonder, like, how I don't know. Does this news uh, reach the the people that it you know I think that it should be reaching? You know, like I didn't see like the I don't know the 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 change affected sales wise with the you know the problematic author books um I don't know do you think it will change like does that news get out slowly or are we in this like little bubble of you know online book people where it doesn't spread out that's a really good question and I don't I don't know what the answer is um I I know that some of the big books by authors who had their their moment of being called out and and having their their careers sidetracked for that um i i wonder if part of why the momentum for those books continued is that they were already fairly popular books and at least in the at least in the case of like 13 reasons why the show's still going on Mm -hmm. um and they're they're recording a new season and that um well the author obviously wrote the book. He's not involved in the show itself, which Netflix decided to renew. Um, and then I believe they put out a statement that he had nothing to do with the show. So that's why they felt okay renewing it. Um, uh, okay. I, I'm not 100% sure, but I feel like there was some kind of discussion that mm-hmm. happened there. Um, I, you know, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, it's frustrating because you see those numbers and you're like, really like nothing changed. Um, but I think we will see more and more of some of what we saw in terms of who else is rising in terms of sales and in, in prominence. You know, Angie Thomas had a huge year. Tommy with Children of Blood and Bone had a huge year. Um, more and more books written by authors of color and from marginalized backgrounds sold way more this year than they have in the past. And um, we can only hope that that trend continues and that then those big books by authors who, you know, behaved in not so great ways sort of fall out of favor oh, I in see. exchange and then, and then for they, those. And then they make room. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Um, so, yeah, that, I think that was, like, the big story for a long time. And I'll be curious, like, a year out, so early next year, because clearly there's still more stories out there and more experiences and – um, it'll be interesting to hear like what comes of that, if anything. Yeah. Um, I think too, there was a thought I was going to go with here and now I just totally lost it. Uh, um, I, I was going to say more and then I lost it. So I guess we just, we just ended here. <laughs> um, I, part of it was I was looking at the agenda and I saw the next thing and I was like, Oh, I can't wait to talk about that. And that is, um, a kidlet 
member, a member of the like kidlit community, Kathy Burnett, her bookstore opened. She had started a Kickstarter for it last year and then closed the Kickstarter and did, I want to say an Indiegogo at the very beginning of the year is how she decided to like return with this dream uh, to open a diverse children's bookstore in South Bend, Indiana called The Brain Lair, which is her, that's been her identity across the internet um, in the many, many years that I have known her as a blogger and as an educator and librarian. Um, but now it's open and active. And I think that's a huge win for, for the kidlit world. And especially for book lovers who are itching to see themselves in books. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I'm excited to potentially see that bookstore one of these days. I, I think you and I should meet there and do a show there. <gasps> yes. Because it's like halfway. I love that. Stay tuned, maybe, listeners. <laughs> um, and my other, like, my other little little snippet of interesting, like, YA history is uh, we learned that the former press secretary, Hope Hicks, looked really familiar to a lot of YA readers because she was a cover model for the YA book, The It Girl, which came out in the late OOs, like, 2007, 8, 9 area. Um, yeah. When that came out, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And I looked it up <laughs> like, no. <laughs> YA and politics forever uh. intertwined. <laughs> what about you? What's on your list of like big news from this past year? Oh, man. Well, a lot of my fun stuff here is uh, responding to all your excellent blips. Um, <laughs> but I, one really interesting thing is that we saw... And I think maybe for the first time, a Broadway play become a New York Times bestselling YA novel, mm-hmm. right? With Dear Evan Hansen. I don't think, you know, the YA adaptation of Spider Man the Musical did that well. Um, <laughs> but I just, I think it's a first, right? Like I haven't, I've never seen a, a, a musical made into a YA novel that then, you know, charted very high on the bestseller list like that. Um, and I don't know, I hope to see, potentially see some more of that if we get more musicals that have that kind of young voice attached to them. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'm hard-pressed to think of, like, those hip, fun, teen-led musicals that are out and about right now. But I would like some more as a person who enjoys uh, <laughs> listening to musicals. I I thought that that was a really cool, like... We've talked this year about these stories that have sort of jumped formats. So, like... We talked about Jurassic Park. There was the movie, and then it became a book, a mm-hmm. YA book. Um, and I think it's cool that we saw this play that has had tremendous appeal for young people then become this hit book. Um, and I read the book, and I quite enjoyed it, knowing nothing about the musical whatsoever. And I know you said you knew the musical and um, read the book, and it, you know, to have that sort of expanded view of, of the story itself. Yes, made me very happy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then also, like, Mean Girls on Broadway did really, really huge. And it was a YA novel written last year. that's right. Based on the movie, which came out ten years ago. Which, another one of those, like, all over the place, sort of, in terms of, like, how you can... In, enjoy the story. And I like that. I like that sort of um, playing with format and playing with um, the the performance, not the performance, but the staging of it and, and the different ways that you can tell a story through different visual and audio mediums. Yeah, but oh man, how very all over the place. Because like Mean Girls, the movie is based on that like nonfiction yes. like, parenting book. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then the movie gets a musical <laughs> and then there's a YA novel all from this like parenting guy. That's it's that's fantastic. Yeah. What a weird journey. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then this year there were so many great YA movie adaptations. Um, we had Love Simon really early on in the year, and then we had The Hate You Give. We had uh, To All the Boys I Loved Before on Netflix, which sequels coming. I cannot yes. wait. And then um, we talked about Dumplin' is out today on Netflix. We had The Miseducation of Cameron Post and The Darkest Minds. And wasn't there a um, – there was a David Levithan adaptation that came out this year too, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, they adapted every day. And like I feel like that just was like in and out of the theater. Um, like I just bought the DVD because uh, I just couldn't wait anymore. So I'm going to watch that soon. I will let you know what I think. 
Um, we also had Down a Dark Hall by Lois Duncan and um, The Sacred Lies of Minnow Bly by Stephanie Oakes, which was made into a Facebook series. I haven't watched it yet, but I want to because I love the book. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. Like, I'm just, I guess I'm just not that roped into like the Facebook film circuit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been dying to watch it. I love that book so much and I need to you know, free up some time over the holidays to read the heartwarming tale of a cult that chops <laughs> off hands. Um, right, yes, right. I do love that book. Um, yeah, what else, what else, what else? Uh, oh, yeah, and then Midnight Sun by Trish Cook uh, got made into a movie, and apparently that Steve Carell movie, that Beautiful Boy film... Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a mashup of an adult memoir and that memoir Tweak by Nick Sheff, which is a, yes. a Y memoir. Um, the, I have no um, idea, yeah. The... Um... The adult novel is from his dad. It's called Beautiful Boy. His his dad wrote the book being a parent of a teenager who is struggling with addiction. And then Nick Sheffs is, is his own experience. So the film is oh, wow. the combination of those two things. Um, Wait, so is the, s- is the adult novelist the father of the YA novelist? Yeah, yeah. No way. That just blew yeah. my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Um, a few years back, I was on this committee for um, Outstanding Books for the College Bound, and one of the things we had to do is read the books that were on our assigned lists um, from the previous committee, and these two books were on it. I had read Nick Sheff's book before because it had always been popular in the library, and so then when I started this, the the father's book, Beautiful Boy, I was like, what is this? Why is he telling the same story? And then I was like, oh, it's his dad telling the story from his perspective and um that's a long-winded way of saying like i meant to see the movie and i haven't yet but i want to um yeah oh wow yeah wow all right cool (laughs) um what else what else what else uh it was funny while we were thinking about this uh i like wrote a note to myself and i put down like everything everything and then i realized it came out in may of 2017 and time just has (laughs) no meaning anymore kelly (laughs) (laughs) But we'll be getting uh, A Sun is Also a Star. Uh, is that next year, I think? I think so, yeah. I think it's like May, maybe. Wow. Yeah. Man, Nicole Yoon's having a good good couple of years. That's excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, we saw a lot of like new movies. There were also a number of books that ended up with movie adaptations that had big anniversaries this year. So Twilight the movie celebrated 10 years, and there have been 50 million articles about how we need to like reclaim twilight you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i laugh because it's like well some of us have been saying this for 10 years but you know welcome to the party um one of those articles had like a a hot take saying that uh scott pilgrim was twilight for boys what (laughs) and i laughed (laughs) so hard at that Because I'm like such a Scott Pilgrim head. Um. I I like Scott Pilgrim a lot, and I Me too. what? <laughs> um, Harry Potter turned twenty this year, and we got new book covers. The Hunger Games turned ten, and we got new book covers. Mm-hmm. Scott Westerfeld's Uglies turned ten, and we got a new spinoff series. Yes, and the Fifth Wave turned five. Kelly, catch the wave, <laughs> catch the fever. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, We saw a ton more native YA this year than we have in recent memory. We had uh, Cynthia Lighting Smith's Hearts Unbroken. We had Don Quigley's Apple in the Middle and Eric Gansworth's If I Ever Get Out of Here. Um, If we were to guess what book maybe had the biggest year in terms of awards and honors, my guess would be The Poet X by Elizabeth Acevedo. What about you? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, definitely. Um, I mean, National Book Award, Boston Globe, what, like, how much, like, oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. I, hope the, as I, hope, I hope the paperback gets, like, remember, like, when the Hate You Give paperback came, like, there was just, <laughs> was just a million stickers? Like, I hope mm-hmm. we see the same thing. As of recording, they haven't announced, like, what the Morris Awards, so the awards for uh, debut novel are, but I wouldn't be surprised if that one is on, is oh, on there, yeah. too. How could it not be? I've right. been waiting for the Morris Awards. This week is, like, usually the week. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. Maybe next week. Um, but we'll see. Another book that didn't do too shabby this year was Children of Blood and Bone, which we mentioned earlier in the show. Um, it was picked up as the first book for Jimmy Fallon's book club, which is pretty cool. Um 
Dolly Parton became the patron saint of YA. <laughs> Speaking of Dumplin'. I love that. I know. Yeah. It's like I, I came up with that line and I was like, I have to say that on the show. It's really good. <laughs> but it's true. She is just like – she wrote some music for the movie and um, I don't know if you saw this. Julie Murphy shared it on Twitter last week I think when Dolly was on one of the late night shows and like mentioned Julie's name and said that she did a great job with the book. I know. <laughs> I was, oh, man. I was like, that is so great. I love it. Like knowing how much – Julie loves Dolly Parton to then have Dolly Parton say something like that on such a big, like, big stage. I can't yeah. even imagine how she felt. Um, you know what's also interesting is that, so so Dumplin', the Golden Globes were announced, uh, well, like, this morning, yesterday, and uh, Ju- uh, I almost said Julie Murphy's song. Dolly Parton's song from Dumplin' got nominated for Golden Globe. So, oh, technically, nice. Dumplin' is a Golden Globe Nominated Nominee. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, the other thing I had down on my list of, like, big things is um, Foreshadow YA got funded. The oh, yeah. uh, online anthology for young adult sh- short stories um, conceived of and run by Emily Xarpan and Nova Rensuma. And that um, they launched, like, their three short stories to start the anthology when they started their funding campaign. And we should see new stories. I believe it's every month mm-hmm. next year. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Me too. Were there any other, like, things that stood out to you this year as noteworthy, as oh, interesting? Man. You know, I'm totally. One is totally going to hit me, and I'm going to be really angry about it later. <laughs> I mean, we didn't have the 23-hour bestseller this year. No, that's true. That's true. No, nope. I feel like we saw maybe more inverse books getting like giant, big name, like award recognition and everything, though, right? Because like, didn't wasn't Bloodwater Paint one of the um, mm-hmm. uh, like long list for for national yeah. award and. You know, we saw some some underrated uh, people that we love finally getting the recognition they deserve, like Brian Bliss. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a good year. It was, yeah. And Amy uh, Spaulding's Jordi Perez has been everywhere on yeah. best of and favorite lists this year, which has been nice to see, too. I agree. Maybe we should just say we're the tastemakers and everybody's listening to us and realizing, <laughs> <That's> like... true. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. On that note, uh, our second sponsor, because <laughs> this is all going to tie together nicely. We're going to talk about verse in a second and YA authors in a second. Um, but before that, our second sponsor is Book Riot's True Story Giveaway. And I wish I could enter this because it's awesome. Book Riot is giving away 10 of our favorite works of nonfiction of the year, including Educated by Tara Westover, One Person, No Vote by Carol Anderson, I'll Be Gone in the Dark by Michelle McNamara, and more. To enter, just sign up for True Story, our nonfiction newsletter for nonfiction books, book recommendations, deals, and more. Go to bookriot.com slash nonfiction giveaway to enter. I wish I could enter because I love oh nonfiction. And uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, speaking of nonfiction. Yes. And mind-blowing memoirs. And verse. So much good That'll stuff. make sense in a minute. Um, yes. <laughs> let's talk about some of the YA author memoirs that we have seen that are coming, that we're excited about, and then maybe talk about like who in the YA world we'd love to see memoirs from. Mm. Um, and, and I guess first, like it would be worth noting the difference between memoir and biography, autobiography, because this is something that I think trips a lot of people up. Um, and I know I've been asked before from people who are big readers, like, well, what separates a memoir from, like, an autobiography? Because they're both written about a person from that person's voice. And um, I th- the easiest way to sort of define memoir is that it's a slice of life, so a specific time or experience. Um, and they're easy for just about anybody to write as long as it's focused on, on something. Uh, biographies and autobiographies look at the whole of a person's life. And so it makes it harder to highlight like younger, newer voices and experiences in those because generally people write them like when their life is slowing down. Um, and and uh, they're less focused on like a specific experience and more of a, a whole picture of a person's life. So I always tend to think that memoirs are really really great in YA because 
why people, why readers resonate with single, really, really emotionally profound experiences in a way that, like, they do certainly resonate with biographies and autobiographies, but it's not as emotionally, I guess, intimate as a memoir can be. Yes? Yes. No, I am sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it gets really quiet and I'm like, I'm just talking to myself, aren't I? <laughs> um, so let's talk about like some of the YA author memoirs that we know about and, and uh, see where that takes us. And, and this is where I'll talk about the verse thing. Um, Lori Hell Sanderson has a memoir coming out next year called Shout. I had the chance to read this, um, and it was great. It's a um, memoir in verse, so it's written entirely in verse, and really it's a um, a call to action. It's a definite Me Too story, and it's a story for all women and all people who are resisting the political and social climate um, as it sort of becomes scarier and scarier to be a person who is not in that like white, cis, straight, male uh, set of boxes, which is a lot of people. Um, it's, it's a real gut punch of a book and explores both a little bit about Lori's experience writing Speak but also it's about her own experiences growing up and um, how she sort of became this big advocate for intellectual freedom, for giving people the freedom to read, and also for women and girls finding their voice, voices and using their voices. Um, and that's out in March. And, uh, yeah, I think it's one of those books, like, I hate to say it already, but it's going to win so many awards next year because it's so good. Um, and that is Shout! By Lori Hal Sanderson. That is awesome. Also, Kelly, I just got an email saying my wife and I got approved for a house. So <gasps> awesome! Feeling very happy right now. Oh um, yay! So let's see. In terms of <laughs> memoir, um, it's hard because there's actually not a lot listed that's coming out next year. So I abused my literary agent powers <laughs> and, went, <laughs> and went into Publishers Marketplace to see what sold and what's coming out uh, this year. And I found some interesting things. Um, one that I thought was one I was really excited about. Um, so I'm just going to read some of the blips that I found here. Um, this one is called. Oh God, there's no title. Okay, well I'm going to read what it says. Um, <laughs> Uh, 1968 Olympic 200-meter gold medalist Tommy Smith's graphic memoir, uh, co-written with Newberry and Coretta Scott King honor-winning author Derek Barnes, in which he recounts his childhood in Texas, his experience at the 1986 Olympic Games in Mexico City, where he became the first person to run the 200-meter sprint in under 20 seconds, and the purpose and consequences of his podium protest at the medal ceremony. Uh, And that'll be coming out with Norton Children's in 2019. Um... I'm super excited about that. Gra- any graphic novel memoir is going to <laughs> grab me immediately. Um, and I found this other one when I was scouting around uh, called Warhead by Jeff uh, Hedginson, uh, the true story of one teen who almost saved the world. Um, read a little blip from it. Uh, a hilarious and often relevant memoir about one teen's uh, battle with brain cancer and the Starlight Children's Foundation's wish. Uh, to meet Mikhail Gorbachev in Russia and plead for nuclear disarmament and world peace. Uh, so yes, I am particularly excited about this, about a teen who wants to use his like Make-A-Wish uh, opportunity to try to end the Cold War. Uh, wow. Right? Oh my goodness, that sounds yeah. fantastic. Um, and that'll be out in 2019. That sounds really amazing. Yeah. Um, when you, you were, one, go ahead. I was, and I was going to say, you have one of our favorites on your on your list. But yeah, what were you saying? Oh, before I get to that one, I was going to say, um, as you were reading the description for the one um, with the uh, gold medalist, yeah, yeah. I remembered that I read one a couple years ago by Abby Wombich, who is a um, soccer player. And it was about her experiences being in the World Cup, I believe, um, and how she was the first woman to um, openly kiss her wife, and it was caught, like, by all the cameras and became this, like, big thing after the event. Um, And that was called Forward. I might be getting some of the details wrong because it's been so many years, but I remember that one being really, really good. Um, And I just, I love, I think that was a Young Readers edition, too, so it was based off of the um, adult novel, but it didn't 
read like I'm talking down to teenagers. It read like, here's a story that teenagers will relate to and, you know, want in a smaller package. Um, but yeah, I, it turns out I really like um, sports memoirs for some reason. Um, not especially sporty myself, but mm-hmm. I always find those stories so compelling. Yeah, me too. Um, especially, it's it's a lot of stuff that I cannot do. So I'm like, this mm-hmm. is this is fascinating. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, the one I was going to spotlight by one of our favorites, uh, Sean David Hutchinson has one coming out in May. Uh, they just bumped up the published date, and it's called Brave Face. It's about. Um, his coming out as gay and his experiences with depression. And I'm so excited for this. Um, Sean wrote this great piece for my anthology, Don't Call Me Crazy, about uh, depression and sort of how he navigates having it and how it doesn't define him, but he defines what it means when he's depressed. Um, So I'm, I'm really excited to see what he does when he talks about this in a whole book and how he uh, weaves it into his own his understanding of his own sexuality and growing up um, I'm really looking forward to it it's got a great cover too yeah. um, he bought the w- shoes <laughs> I don't know if you saw that <laughs> he he wrote about how he also like the in the essay he wrote for my book he talked about wanting doc- wanting TARDIS shoes and then he bought them and you know like he custom makes this stuff because he loves it so it doesn't super surprise me and I kind of love that um, but that's called Brave Face and it's out early next year yeah no I love him and he also has a, he also has a novel coming out like three months before that he's gonna mm-hmm. be he is gonna be busy um, yeah and like speaking of your books I'm kind of tempted to talk about Body Talk because like might not be a memoir, but it's going to have a lot of nonfiction essays in it from writers in the YA world. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then, it should. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> I'm sure you can relate to this. Like when you are promoting, when you're in like that promoting side of book stuff, it's really hard to get excited about the next project you're working on because you're like, I could, I've got like capacity for one at a time. Um and so I've been finally getting into working on Body Talk, and I'm so excited to see the sort of pieces that that show up in there and, you know, how raw and vulnerable some of these authors that are, like, super well-known, super well-loved uh, are opening up about and sharing. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And, um, yeah, and it's not a 2019 book, uh, but I think you'll end up seeing arcs floating around for one of my authors in my agent life. Um, it's George M. Johnson. His book, uh, Not Old Boys or Blue, is going to come out with FSG in 2020, uh, in, like, early, to, like, January 2020. Um, so don't send me to podcast jail for talking about this, please. But, you know, it's about <laughs> his his life growing up as a, a gay black teenager. Uh, and it's going to be written in a way that, you know, works as both here's how you can uh, learn from my experience and also here's how you could be an ally uh, from learning from my experience. And uh, yeah, that'll be uh, January 2020. That sounds awesome. Um, Should we talk about maybe some of the authors that we hope we see memoirs from? Sure. Um, It's kind of hard for me because like I don't, I feel like I don't know enough about the authors that I read. (laughs) Um, like, not everybody has, like, a Wikipedia page that I can just hop on really quick uh, to learn about, like, their childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, like, looking out into, like, the bookshelves in my apartment, and I'm like, I don't really see anything. Um, like, I know I talked a little bit about Nikki Bartholomew in um, an episode earlier. She wrote that this book coming out with Flux called, um, oh, no, I don't remember. <laughs> and I blurb. And I blurbed it. That's bad that I'm not remembering. Um, oh, no. Nikki Barthelmess. She has a book coming out called The Quiet You Carry. And uh, you know, that book is based on her experience uh, in and out of foster homes as a teenager. And, you know, I would certainly read a memoir like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so funny. I was I would love I was going to say, oh, I'd love to see a memoir from someone like Nicole Chung. Um, but, you know, we we have her. We have her <laughs> lovely book already. <laughs> um, I was thinking about and and. This comes, I guess, because I was on a panel with her and and had the opportunity to hear her talk about this. But I would love a memoir from Erica L. Sanchez, the author of um, I'm Not Your Perfect Mexican Daughter. Mm. She um, she grew up in one of the Chicago South suburbs, so not far from like where I grew up. But her community is uh, very, very Latina and mm. Latino, Latina and um, 
she has been an advocate for that community in her town. And one of the things that she did was rally to get some of the uh, restrictions that the library put on people to get a library card removed so that there was more access to library services for people in that community who might not have, um, the, you know, the quote unquote proper identification, um, just because there are a lot of barriers to even get to that point. And, um, so she did a lot of work on that. And I think that she would write a really fascinating memoir about not just that experience, but then also like how young people can, change communities by you know by being advocates in those those sorts of ways mm-hmm. um and the other person i thought could be really cool to hear a, um to get a memoir from would be suzanne collins because she's so secretive oh yeah because we know like nothing about her and she doesn't do very many interviews at all like what what's going on with her like what what is her story you know how has um, the Hunger Games sort of like changed her life or like what was she like when she was young? Was she a writer then? Um, you know, like I feel like there's so many really fascinating angles that that could come at. Yeah, no, I would absolutely read a memoir from her. I would read a memoir from Stephanie Meyer too. Ooh, yes. Same reasons. <laughs> yeah. Like what does she think about, um, you know, the sudden, like, everybody wants to reclaim Twilight stuff. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Let's round this show out with uh, something semi-related, I guess. And it this one, this came to me as, like, let's talk about this because um, we, we talk about books and specificity a lot, but we don't talk a whole lot about, like, reading habits. And I think that that's something a lot of listeners think a lot about. Um, so let's talk about like some of our weird, maybe not weird reading quirks and habits, like our personal, like reading stuff. Yeah. And I'd love to do like another episode on this where we get like a bunch of YA authors to talk about how they read. Yes. Uh, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, I think my like one big reading quirk is that I just tend to read a big old stack of books, uh, all at the same time. Um, And then it takes me forever to get through the different (laughs) books. Like, you know, I've been reading Jeff Zentner's new book for quite a while. um, And I just kind of leave them in a a pile. Um, (laughs) And I slowly get through them, but just don't ask me what any of them are about when I'm finished. Because I'm like, oh, yeah, Jeff Zentner's book is so good. There's the part where, you know, the hot dog girl shows up. Yeah, the hot dog girl comes up, and then the hot dog girl is, you know, auditioning to be uh, a hip hop musician. And like it just, you know, it's a, it's a mess of everything blending together. Um, but I don't know. That's how I like it, and I guess I end up with my own mashups in my head. <laughs> That's so funny because I'm the opposite. I'm a one book at a time person. Um, uh-huh. Like. I should I should say I could read one YA book at a time or one fiction book of like any kind at a time. And mm-hmm. then I generally have an audiobook going and I only listen to adult nonfiction in audiobook. And then sometimes I'm also reading like quote unquote professional development stuff. So like yoga books or just like smart working books, um less like immersive and narrative nonfiction and more like you know, I'm sitting in the car before I have to go teach. I have 10 minutes. Like, I can get yeah. a chapter of this book book done that doesn't require a whole lot of me. Um, but otherwise, I'm, like, one at a time. I'm going to finish that book or get to that point where I'm, like, this book's not working for me. I need to move on to the next one. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm not a, like, read through the pile. And sometimes I wish I could be, but my brain just doesn't, doesn't work like that. It overwhelms me to be in that place where you are, like um, – you know, don't ask me what it's about. Like, that overwhelms me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I'm still reading the, the Black Enough anthology, like, story by story. I'll pick it up, I'll read a story, I'll put it down. Um, yeah, I would like to finish it before it is published. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, we've talked about this before, but I think anthologies lend themselves to that pretty well. Yeah, this is true. So, that's one that, like... Uh, it, in that last week of the year when I'm off, I'm going to try and make my way through it. And piece by piece, I think, kind of, like you've talked about, like maybe I'll read a story, you know, here or there and then get through that next book and then read a story here and there and get through the next book. Um, one of my weird reading quirks, um, for the last two years, I have started my year January 1st by reading a Brandy Colbert book. Um 
which is like super specific, but I found that both in 2017 and 2018, I had great reading years. And so like, that is the thing I'm going to do again next year because it feels right. Um, and I have her new book. It doesn't come out until August 2019, but I'm going to read it on January 1st and um, like take that as a sign that it'll be a good reading year. Nice. I mean, that's a lot of pressure putting on Brandy to write a new book every year. Uh. <laughs> it's not meant to be pressure. It's just meant to be like, okay, yeah, it's pressure. She needs to write a book every year so that I have it waiting for me on January 1st. Yeah. I'll selfishly <laughs> own that. <laughs> what about you? Any other reading quirks? No, that's really it. It's just the, the, the pile that I tend <laughs> to keep there. Um, yeah, the pile. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of my other ones that I'll talk about is that um, I track my reading using the Book Riot spreadsheet. Like, um, There'll be a new one coming out. Maybe by the time the podcast is live. If not, it'll be like the next week. But um, it's this beautiful spreadsheet that writer Rachel Manuel has put together the last couple of years. And it asks for basic things, you know, title, author. And then it'll look at publisher, page numbers, format of the book, um, when it was published, when you finished reading it, genre, like a whole bunch of categories. So you can kind of see where you're at in terms of like, are you reading bigger books? Are you reading a lot of YA books? Are you reading a lot of nonfiction books? And for me, that has been really helpful in being able to identify like, okay, my optimal reading is that I can read one fiction book at a time, one nonfiction book at a time and an audio book. Um, but in addition to the spreadsheet, I also have since about middle school, I think, written down in these little notebooks, every single book that I've read. So like I can go through this notebook and find out what I was reading like freshman year of high school, you know, uh, sophomore year of college. And I don't know, like I started it because my mom did it and it felt like a thing I could do. And um, now it's turned into this like real ritual that when I finish a book, like I put it in the spreadsheet and then I write it down in this notebook and then I'm done with the book. Like I'm not done with the book until it's, it's down in paper. And uh, yeah, that's my, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not going to remember very much about the book. I read however many years ago, but like, it's nice to know I did read it at some point. So yes, I can't say I read it, even if, you know, <laughs> so nice. Well, this was a good episode. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I think, I think that's a wrap. Don't you? Yeah, I do too. I mean, we have, we have dumpling to go watch, frankly. Like, yes, <laughs> I'm surprised that you didn't tap out at some point and just say, finish this up. I've got, I've got a date with Netflix. But here we are. Thank you all for tuning in this week. If you've got any feedback about the show, uh, drop it on Apple Podcasts. Let us know how we're doing. And when you do that, you help other people find us. Thanks again to today's sponsors for helping make the show possible. You can follow me, Kelly Jensen, on Twitter and Instagram as Veronica Kelly Mars. And you can follow Eric on Twitter and Instagram as Eric Smith Rocks. And we will talk to you again in two weeks. Bye.